Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. I totally support your avenging. Hey there, guys. What's going on? It's Ig. I'm back. I survived. I'm alive and ready to talk Avengers. Yeah, I know. It's two weeks old. You've already watched it probably five times. But I, hey, I just watched it for the first time, and I'm ready to talk about it. And there's a lot to cover on this week's episode. It's all Avengers all the time. Uh, but we're also going to talk a little bit about what else? The Joker and Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker, whether or not we think he's going to do that character justice. And at the end, a little Jaden Smith action. So stay tuned for that. Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters. Let's do it. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, here with another issue of comic book characters, and it is the triumphant return of the one and only, the enigmatic, the inglorious Ignacio. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back on the show. It's been a while. Um, It's nice to hear your voice again. It's always good to hear my voice. I got a little weird... But uh, no, I uh, yeah, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Thanks for giving me like somewhat of a nickname there, because uh, it seems like you always have a new one. But I, I guess you're sticking with neighborhood podcaster. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Joe Graciano, uh, who was a guest co-host for the last issue, uh, he's the one that came up with that. I think now we not, can officially so. call him friend of the podcast. I think they get the B on the show, and well, then friend yeah, of the podcast. Okay. No, I mean. Uh, you called him friend of the podcast while he was on the show, which is fine because he was on the show. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, I think there's like a like a graduation ceremony, and like oh, okay. he's, him and uh, him and Chris are now on that wall. I mean, if if there was a wall, it doesn't literally exist, but if there was a friends of the podcast kind of hall of fame, it would really right. just be two names right now, just those two guys, two, just two guys at the top. Do they have marble busts of their faces and heads? Holy shit! This is like this is like the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. I yeah, actually yes. I mean because this is obviously doesn't exist, so we can do whatever we want. Um, what I what I would like is, I would like our Hall of Fame to be like an action statue, like at the end of Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, that really awesome statue with all the characters. Right, and we just keep adding, adding people as they become. That sounds like a you sculptor's know. like worst nightmare. Like the guy yeah. that we pay to do that probably fucking hates us. Is like plotting yeah. his his revenge. Is plotting. Well, it, not like, only that because we'd probably pay him in like Bitcoin on top of it, so he would just. <laughs> yeah, he still hasn't figured out how to open an account. So, like... <laughs> he's like, he's like, do I even have money? What is this? This is bullshit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, by the way, how how uh, so you actually got to experience something that I have not yet experienced. And that is, um, you got to listen to the show without you actually being a part of it. 
So yeah, it was kind of a fun experience. Uh, yeah. It's weird listening to yourself. Um, it is. That's for anyone. So like whenever you, I mean, whenever we record a podcast and I re-listen to it, um, I mean, I enjoy it. It's still kind of fun to relive it just, and you know, we both kind of have to listen to it just to kind of see what it sounds to like. Edit and, and to edit and see it. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you can't really like step step back and like really take yourself out of it um you're not surprised by anything because you're also not surprised by anything uh that's true so yeah you can't really listen to it in the way that uh you know uh, just ran a random listener would because you were already expecting every you know you're kind of expecting everything that's going to happen to happen so uh yeah it was cool to actually listen to our podcast but not have any idea where it was going and it was really great i you know i want to thank uh chris and joe i thought they were awesome on the show i thought everyone um really kind of uh you know carried their uh what's the, what am i trying to say here carried, carried their, their weight. weight is that correct yeah. are we gonna you uh, want to go with that yeah, yeah yeah all right everyone carried their weight uh, everyone brought had a something. unique voice a yeah. unique take yeah mm-hmm. I felt this. I was really happy with it. It did also help that everyone kind of spoke differently. So it was really easy to like to identify who was speaking. Right. Well, that's here's a, the funny a, thing. It's such a weird thing to. <laughs> that's that's point true. About. Yeah. Uh, not that you and I sound alike because I don't really think we do. But the funny thing about that particular podcast, and uh, we, uh, we, of course, we'll move on to the comic book stuff in a second. But uh, Joe and Chris both were slightly under the weather during the recording. Funny. And so. They, it made their voices a little more nasally than they typically are. <laughs> and my voice is already obnoxiously uh, nasally to me anyway. Yeah. So I was just like, man, is this where we lose all 300 <laughs> plus followers of the CBC universe? Like, yeah, this might be it. That, that, was, that was a chief concern for me. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Every, every I mean, I can't tell you the amount of women I've met who love This American Life and love Ira Glass. And that's that guy's true. got the most nasally voice of all time. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I yeah. think in, in a way we might have actually gotten some. We should. You know what? You should try and spread that to to our female audience and see. See how it goes. Maybe it's it goes. like. Yeah. Maybe women feel safer or like not intimidated or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not. Yeah. You know, like not. It's not like an overbearing voice where like they're like, oh, this asshole. You they can know, let, like, they can let their guard down a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I maybe didn't, didn't think about maybe that. That's, maybe that's what it is. Anyway, no, I anyway. thought the show was great. You guys all had really good takes on the Avengers, or as uh, as I came to know them while I was in Spain for two weeks, Los Vengadores. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because that was on every marquee, and every movie that's theater so I walked cool. by, and I was like, "Hey, you want to watch the Avengers?" And uh, yeah, my, my wife so... did not want to go see the Avengers, so. Well, I mean, you were to, to in her defense, I guess you yeah. were on your honeymoon, right? You're in Spain, so beautiful country to be in. Beautiful country maybe to be wa- in. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to be locked indoors in a room, dark room for three hours. But it was hot outside. You did tell. And you did tell me it. That's true. You know, should have sold that. You should have been like, "Look, it's humid. Your hair's getting frizzy. Don't you want to cool down a little?" And also, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a good point. And also, there's a two-hour like break in the day for siesta so it was oh, like the siesta, perfect right. time to just yeah. go watch avengers but no no she wasn't having it. so you actually told me something off the air <clears throat> yeah about your time there and you were you were out and about and there were a few other american tourists uh in a group <laughs> in front of you right and yeah so it, go if you don't mind sharing that story okay, okay yeah we were in like in beautiful granada spain which is uh man what a gorgeous city that is just to walk around 
not even taking into account the Alhambra, which is just uh, just an, an incredible experience, and I recommend it to anyone if you ever get the chance to go down there. Um, but just walking around the city was great. Uh, great food, beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful old city. And there was a group of American tourists, not that many, maybe four or five uh, in front of us, a, f- a few steps in front of us walking, and one of them asked the group, hey, does anyone want to go with me to watch the Avengers in Spanish? Um, or, I don't know, in Spanish subtitles. And uh, I, pretty much under my breath, just go, yes. <laughs> uh, and I think my wife heard me, but didn't um, didn't But acknowledge. didn't acknowledge it. No. She's just like, nope, I'm not even going to touch it. Shutting it down. Shutting it down right now. That's, uh, I mean, again, I, in other circumstances... I could see making time for it, and and I think it would have been a cool experience on one hand, but at the same time, I, I don't think there's anyone on this planet that would fault that would fault you for, for just enjoying. <laughs> no, definitely not. And it's not and like space. I was. No, it's not like I was suffering. I was having an awesome time. It was a great yeah, trip. Yeah. Uh, but when we got back home to Boston, uh, I didn't take me long to head out to my Bam, uh, local multiplex. Bam! First thing on the itinerary. Sunday yep. afternoon matinee. Kind of surprised by how empty the theater was, but I went with 3D, so it's a little bit more expensive. Um, and, you know, the movie's been out for two weeks. It was a beautiful day in Boston, so I can understand why it wasn't so full. But it was kind of cool yeah. to have the theater to yourself. Usually when you when I watch these movies, it's, like, close to when it comes out, and you're, like, crammed, and sometimes you have, like, a shitty seat. I was, like... Yeah. You, got you know, the, I was, uh, like, right... I got, like, the prime real estate, uh, you know, got my... Got the center aisle. <clears throat> yep. Got the good view spot. Didn't have the smelly dude next to you. No smelly dudes. Uh, oh, no one was man. even close to me. I don't know. It's just, it's nice. I wish I could have that experience so, more often. You know you know what <clears throat> I hate? And this happens to... You're going to think I'm making this up, no. and I'm not. Um, not at all. This happens to me way too often. I, I get my seat. I sit down. And then yep. some dude next to me in sandals. Always sandals. Oh sits next to me and he crosses his foot oh. over his knee and it's just stinky foot time so it's it's the foot that's dangling is is directed at uh, you not the yeah. other not the other direction not the other direction that's I disgusting dude i hate I, that man okay Amer- like, americans really suck in this respect um yes Gotta wear, gotta get some socks, man. Gotta get some footwear. Footwear's a big or... issue with with Americans. Oh, I don't know. Geez. It's like either sneakers or sandals. It's like, can you guys just up your game a little bit? Like, just wear something a little bit nicer. But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't. Uh, that sounds terrible. Uh, it it happens way more often than I would like. Yeah. Well, um, it's a big sandal wearing community because it's hot as shit in San Antonio. So it is hot as shit in San Antonio and in Texas in general. Okay, so. You actually did get to see Avengers: Age of Ultron. I got to see and it. And yep. we, we haven't really gotten to hear your take on it. Now, you know, for everyone that listened to the last issue, they heard my take, Joe and Chris's take. What? So, what did you think, man? I mean, did you did you hate it? Did I, you love it? I didn't hate it at all. Somewhere uh, in the middle. I was expecting not to be very impressed with it, so I did come in with slightly lower expectations, just because from what I read. From what Joss Whedon was saying, you know, he seemed like he just fucking hated working on it. Whedon was done. Weeds. He was done, and like that kind of like scared me into thinking, ah, oh, you know, he's probably just not happy with the finished product here. Right. Um, and you know, the first Avengers I thought was a really great comic book movie, uh, maybe one of the best of all time. In fact, I think it would. I think I do. I, I consider it one of the best comic book movies of all time. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. I thought. It kept a lot of the same kind of jokey 
uh, mood to it that I like. No, not mood, but like tone. Um, but also kind of, you know, had its serious moments. I don't know. I think Whedon's really good at balancing that. Um, I loved right. the scene with Thor's hammer. I mean, we we both kind of knew that was coming from all the from like that teaser trailer, but it was still really great to watch. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that I love. I love when these movies can kind of have these th- those those moments of levity because uh, you you need them. I mean, it's a comic book movie after all. Very very humanistic <clears throat> lev- levity uh, where it shows kind of the human side of it or the downtime. Yeah, and for uh, me personally, that's the kind of stuff that makes me more invested in those characters, seeing their definitely. human side, seeing them kind of like hanging out, relaxing the way that, you know, you and I would, uh, except, yeah. you know, without Thor's hammer, obviously, or, or any superheroes being involved. But, uh, like, I love that. I thought Speak that was for great. yourself, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was surprised at how funny Ultron was. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ultron was actually... He's he's almost like a Johnny Five from Short Circuit, but right, like a really like, evil version, like an evil Johnny Five. But he's just kind of he getting into input. hijinks and like you know he's a fucking <laughs> yeah getting into hijinks. I haven't heard someone say it that way, but that's perfect. That's exactly what he's doing in yeah. the whole film. He's just getting into hijinks. And you know, I was, I I was a little worried that it was it was just going to be too much going on in this movie. And I think that's one of maybe the main critiques of this film is that it's just biting off a little bit more than you can chew. It's a and, lot. And, and I can see that. Movie. But like I said to you off the air, I think if, if, if any director or any person was tasked with telling this story in the amount of time given, I don't think you could have done it much better. Um, yeah. Th- I mean, that, that doesn't mean that the movie's not flawed in certain ways. I mean, you know, I think Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, just because of, the fact that you have all these characters just didn't get as much backstory as they probably deserved. And I think, you know, the, the Quicksilver. Oh, before we go any further, are you still there by the way? Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Um, we should really do this at the beginning of the show and I'll probably tack something on, but spoilers aplenty coming up. Uh, just like the last issue. Yeah. We, 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 there's a reason why we've taken some time to, to actually get into the review. Yeah. Of Two the weeks is, is enough time, but you know what? Yeah. We're talking about stuff that's happening at the end of the movie here. So, uh, if you haven't seen it and don't care, you can keep listening. But, uh, if you don't want any spoilers, probably just, uh, maybe, uh, fast forward because we're going to be talking about some other stuff, uh, later on in the show. But, um, let me just drop down one of the big spoilers, which you guys talked about in the last show, but that's Quicksilver's death. And I think, you know, you, you, I, I do kind of want to spend some time on this because you and I have talked quite a bit about like the killing off of characters and how it's almost necessary, right. like, because you have to show that there's consequences, right? After Definitely. a while, we're all just going to be numb to it if the big bad guy wants to destroy the earth and the good guys just always win and no one ever dies. Um, right. That just gets really repetitive, and and after a while, you just don't really believe that anyone, you know, that, that any bad guy's going to cause any harm to these people. So you need someone to go down, right? And they did that with Agent Coulson, and I thought that was really good in the first Avengers. I wasn't expecting anyone to die in this one, and, and, it, uh, and it goes back to Joss Whedon's comments, um, you know, how he was kind of upset that Marvel brought back Agent Coulson for the Marvel... Um, TV series. What is it called again? Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. Um, and you know he kind of made some comments about how the Ant Man script uh, was one of the best he's ever read, and how that didn't you know didn't see the light of day. Um, so I was expecting it, 
not 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 to see anyone anyone go. I think you you probably were um, because of well we'll get to that down the line. But when they do kill Quicksilver, part of me was like, oh good, you know they're finally doing something here to kind of raise the stakes. But then the other part of me was thinking that it was almost kind of a missed opportunity because okay, you kill off a big character in Marvel Universe, but by not really not really like uh, developing him as a character before that, it kind of takes right. the emotional weight out of it. So I don't know how you felt about that. Part of me really liked the fact that they, you know, that they went ahead and and did kill off one of the main characters. It, it kind of raised the stakes. But the other part of me was like, well, that, they could have done that better, I thought. I think, yeah, and I think it's a situation where you're kind of saying, it's one of those things where it's like, well, at least they did this. But they definitely could have done it better or could have done more. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're sort of happy with, with the bare minimum in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, and, right. And just on the surface, I think it's it's important to do to show that these characters can die, you know? And, yeah. and, and No, that's... it's definitely a step in the right direction. My my, It's not even so much a problem with it, but my, my critique of it is this. It's the same thing with um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, with what they did with Gwen Stacy. Um, now, she actually, they developed her character over two movies, so that was great. And they actually did a really good job of developing her character. But in terms of Spidey grieving over her, in screen time, it's like 10 or 15 minutes. Right. You know, it's supposed to be like a year that passes in time within the film, but it's like 15 minutes in screen time. Well, here you have you're introduced to Quicksilver and he's dead within about two hours of screen time. Right. Right. So as, a, as an audience member, your ability to connect to that character is somewhat limited, just like you said. And, right. and I think, you know, um you know, and you and I have talked about this before, I think both on and off the podcast, but I would have assumed that the the more uh, likely hero to, to die would have been Hawkeye. Right. Hashtag and, Hawkeye. And from what you were saying, it seems like that was probably the original plan, right? I mean, yeah. And it seems like mm-hmm. it. They, they didn't do a whole lot building up Hawkeye's character in previous Avengers movies, which is probably why so many people thought he was dispensable. But in this movie, they, they, they try to, right? I mean, they, they give you a bit of a backstory. And so that when, 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 when he is going to save that kid in that scene, if he were to die, there would be a little bit more weight to it. Um, but they end up killing Quicksilver, which from what you were saying, they kind of had to, right? Because, I mean, you, still, you have Quicksilver in the X-Men series, and it didn't make right. a whole lot of sense to kind of keep that character going in two separate storylines, especially when it's the, two different actors, two different actors and, and two different, two different looks. characters, really. I mean, yeah, they look totally different. They look totally different. They speak different. I do have a question for you though. When Quicksilver dies in this movie. Yeah. Did you see that coming? Uh, <laughs> no, I really didn't. Cause oh, I thought you did. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought, cause I thought Hawkeye was going to die. I went. I, the first See, but then you told the me film. this. You told me that whole story about how they they were probably going to kill Quicksilver, not Hawkeye. So I thought you knew that going in. No, that wasn't until after I saw the oh, movie okay. the first time, though. Okay. So uh, no, what was I, okay? I so you saw it in a full coming. theater, right? Yes. What was the audience reaction when Quicksilver bites it? There, um, it was like, <gasps> <laughs> like. <laughs> 
I'm so glad I asked you to do that. That was great. I want to take that like. soundbite and just play it on a loop and then put like a musical track <laughs> under it. That's going to be amazing. Oh I think I might do that. Anyway. Okay. Well, yeah, people were shocked. Um, I think because either one, they also thought Hawkeye was going to die. Um, or, or two, just that, you know, they had just gotten, in a way, the fact that he got introduced so recently, they were that shocked them even more like oh crap like he's dead like he was just here and he's dead now like right. that's crazy i wasn't expecting that i think the audience as a whole kind of felt that way um well yeah but uh, yeah so so let me okay so that the fact that you asked me that we're gonna i feel like we should turn this into a little bit of a segment uh called did you see that coming <laughs> and my question to you yeah yeah go for it is the whole Hawkeye has a wife. It's Lindsay Weir. Yeah. They have kids. Like, d- did you did you see that coming? <laughs> uh, I did not see that coming. Um, I didn't expect really. Well, you know what? That's not true. I I did expect some more Hawkeye backstory. I didn't know what it was going to be. I certainly didn't think yeah. it was going to be that he's living with Lindsay Weir, like in the middle of nowhere, like. That's that's kind of cool. On a farm. I mean, yeah. the last we saw Lindsay Weir, she was like skipping school to go to a Grateful Dead concert, or I think, or was it Led Zeppelin? I don't even remember now, actually. Um, I think it was Grateful Dead. She's getting have, on that hippie bus. She's getting yeah. on the hippie bus to go to Grateful Dead, and then the next what thing is, we know, she's married to Hawkeye. She's married to Hawkeye. She's got two kids. What is that story, by the way? Like, I, I, I think know. her name in this film is Laura. But come on, it's Shield and whatnot. Like Nick Fury's involved, they easily could have changed her name. Easily. For all we know, that is in fact Lindsay Weir. Yeah, uh, she's ditched the uh, green army jacket. So I mean, there's you know a bit of a development. Uh, it might, it's probably you know in what? the closet one, somewhere. Though. I was to say at one point when when she's talking to Hawkeye about uh, Banner and Natasha. And he's like, what? What do you mean? She's like folding clothes and putting them in the closet. How do we not? Do we not know that the green jacket might be there somewhere? Okay, you've watched this movie three times. Do that you remember correct. seeing a green army jacket? I, I don't know. You Looks know what? Like Keep, an Keep an eye out for it. Keep an eye out for it when you see time. it again for the fourth time. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that they gave Hawkeye more backstory. Hawkeye had some funny lines in this movie. I really liked his... <laughs> Line when he's about to kill Quicksilver, like nobody would know. Uh, you know, like that was yeah. great. That was a great moment in that yeah. movie. Still, though, I just don't care about Hawkeye. I don't know what it is. It might just be the uh, actor. I think it's the Renner factor. I yeah, think it is the Renner factor. He's just, for some reason, for me, he's not that likable. I don't know. No, he's definitely not likable. I mean, if you if you look, especially like the press tour before the film, like he just. He kept calling Black Widow a slut. Like, and he he quote unquote apologized, and then he called her a slut again. It's just like it is hard to like that guy. Um, I don't I don't mind the slut comment just because it's like I don't know. Well, I mean, we've been over this and we've talked about it in the podcast before, and I get it because they're like their own little tight knit group of friends. Yeah, they're friends. Like, if you saw it, a group it's meant of women, in a funny way. If you saw a group uh, of know. women talking and like one woman was talking about like her previous night and she like I don't know made out with some guy or like even slept with him and and, she, and someone you know yeah, another one like of her a, friends kind of like playfully called her a or, slut 
Like you wouldn't or be like, oh, how bait. dare you? Yeah. Like you can't call her yeah. that. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. It's a comment made. I, I get you know, it, but there is. You're right. There is something about about Renner that is kind of intrinsically not all that likable, and I'm not sure what it is. He's like the anti Chris Pratt in that sense. I think he is just a guy who is meant to play bad guys. Honestly, right? I don't think he fits you know, as in, in well, a good guy role. And check it in the first Avengers film. He's mostly a bad guy. Like, Loki <laughs> warps his mind, and he's a bad guy for, like, half of the film. Yeah. And he's great as bad guy Hawkeye. I know. So, I think I think we're maybe missing an opportunity there with more uh, more bad guy Hawkeye action. I, yeah, I, I kind of um, do feel like it's just poor casting. I think that guy could play a good villain. I don't... I don't know. For some reason, I, I to me, he just doesn't feel, connect as a good guy. I feel like he should be a Bond villain. <laughs> I think I think Renner would be a great Bond villain. I don't know. They should, um, yeah, they should like embrace that and just like make him like slut, just be like a slut shaming villain on in the Bond movie. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, but what you know what I did like was that they showed that these people, like I really like how they kind of showed the contrast between Hawkeye and Captain America. Yeah, you know they showed that Hawkeye has a very human side, and he has a family. Like he's like very much like you or me, or like any you know like anyone else that could have a family. And then they show the isolation of Steve Rogers, where everyone he knew and loved is dead. His lung, you know, for the most part, lung been dead, and and he kind of feels like he's just resigned to this life as a soldier, as a superhero, and that's all he has. And I I just thought that was really interesting. Uh, an interesting dynamic that they, that Whedon brought in the film. That's a really good point. And I do, before we move on to the next thing, I do want to mention what I thought was the worst line of dialogue in this entire movie, which was Lindsay Weir at one point saying to Hawkeye, oh, I totally support your avenging. Yeah. Worst thing I've ever, I hate when they use avenging <laughs> in any way <clears throat> outside of just calling themselves the Avengers. I just think it's so on the nose and like so... <laughs> So like just uh, like it, it's too much. Like I think they should just not use that word ever again, unless they're just referring to themselves. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I do want to mention. I do want to talk about something that you brought up in the last podcast, which and I won't. I won't harp on this too long because you did a really good job of 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 uh, of describing it. But I thought it was really cool, and um, it was the fact that at, at the end of this movie, the last third at least, the focus of the superheroes really is not so much. On, I mean, it is on defeating Ultron, but more than anything, it's about saving the human beings that are on this floating city, right? And floating that, Death Rock, yeah. Floating Death Rock, and and that was a nice change of pace. Uh, Whedon uh, has said that you know he he wanted to address the fact that in all these superhero movies, you know, these cities get decimated, and that you can't yeah. really have the superheroes celebrating as if they won by the end when thousands, you know, have died. Uh, thousands of civilians have died. That's not a victory in any way. Um, so the right. focus in this movie was really about saving the people. I thought that was great. I hope they do more of that. I think that's something that all superhero movies should do, and I think they've really strayed away from that, especially the DC movies. Um, but uh, but I, I do kind of wonder if the, the fact that they did that took a little bit away from the Avengers versus Ultron battle. Do you think it did? Do you feel like the ending of that battle was a little bit almost anticlimactic like there wasn't a great defeating ultron moment um 
Because in the first it, Avengers, it, it you had, never... you, you know, the focus was so much on fighting the Chitauri or whatever. You had some great right. moments like Hulk's, you know, I'm always angry line. You have Tony going up into space and saving saving everyone. Um, this movie didn't really have those moments. All the, the big like kind of moments one. were were saving the people. I mean, there was that moment where all the Avengers were fighting all of Ultron's in, bots. In the chapel. That yeah. was cool. But, you know, it wasn't quite the same. I don't know. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean, then there was also the scene where Vision, Iron Man, and uh, Thor are like shooting their beams. That was at, cool, uh, and I know, yeah, I know you love Vision. You'd oh, really man, love I do. Vision. You know what, though? I just thought about it. I'm not. I wonder if uh, there was a video game that came out in the late '80s, an arcade game called Captain America and the Avengers, and the Avengers, and. In that in that game, you could you could be Vision, you could be Iron Man, you could be Captain America, you could be Hawkeye, you could not be Thor. Thor was not a character you could <laughs> pick for some reason. Um, but there was there were at one point you fight Ultron, yeah, and you sh- you can shoot beams. If you're Captain America, you just I think you throw your shield right a bunch of times. But I actually was wondering like maybe Whedon had played that video game Mm-mm. and was kind of remembering that that scene in the video game because it was very reminiscent i just thought about that um you know so the, the you know there was that set piece i think i think you're right though i think there wasn't that kind of memorable impactful scene i think a lot of stuff of what people are going to take away from this film are the hulkbuster scene yeah which was amazing and tremendous and everything it should have been and <laughs> then some and well, they never refer uh, to it as the hulkbuster suit by the way anyway, right it's veronica yeah they call it veronica for some reason and um and uh, and then the vision, you know, pretty much the introduction of vision, his appearance, the hammer scene where he, he hands Thor the hammer. Oh, I, I did want to ask you like something the... about that scene that when uh, when vision grabs the hammer. Yeah. Um, did you see that coming? <laughs> no, I didn't. I really didn't. But I love I love that Whedon did that because. You know, earlier you said you really liked the scene at the beginning with the hammer when they're trying to pick it up. Yeah. And, you know, Steve kind of moves it a little and Thor makes that face. It's hilarious. It's a great scene. It's it's really funny. It's well written. It, it's not too serious. And it shows kind of the human side, the downside of, of, of you know, like the, the downtime right, of, right, of right. how they interact. But that all actually set up the whole vision scene. Like that vision scene doesn't work without that other scene. And that's just great writing. I it, mean, it really is. Yeah, it's great. And I, I think I told you off the air um, that to me that scene was kind of like Hulk's "I'm always angry" line from the first Avengers. Yeah, it was just that right. really cool moment. Um, it is. It, it's the moment you take away from the film. I think that or the Hulkbuster scene. I mean, those are those were the two. But also, those things you know. did accomplish kind of similar things in that you know Hulk's line is said right before you know he turns. He turns into the Hulk, or, or uh, yeah, because it's Bruce Banner who says it before Banner. he turns into the Hulk, and and the 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 battle kind of swings in the favor of the Avengers at that point, at least if I'm remembering right. remembering it correctly. Yeah, yeah. And Vision holding Thor's hammer, it it that sounded kind of gay, but uh, doing that, he it did. I mean, they weren't fighting at that point, but you kind of felt like okay, now now the Avengers now have, they have a chance. Now they have now a they chance. have a good. And so like yeah. those two things to me, they played similar roles and they were just great great moments and uh yeah the hammer scene like you said great writing um just doesn't even don't even need it that much dialogue I, what i liked about it was just how simple and and symbolic it was like 
I don't know. Yeah, that, that was great. It, it was uh, it was show me, don't tell me, right? And yeah, and which is exactly. like the number one rule of screenwriting, and and it was perfect. And you know, Weeds is a tremendously talented guy, and and I'm not surprised that he pulled it off. So I did want to um, do a quick thing. I don't know if we have that much time, but uh, we'll, oh yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll kind of play it by ear. We'll just do a quick quick up down. I think. But I, I thought we could do a I bit of a doing. a bit of a I don't know a power ranking if you want to call it, or just yeah. kind of go by. And look at each of the characters, kind of what's changed from the first movie, kind of what's what's coming up ahead of them. I guess we'll start at the top with with Iron Man, and I know that's it sounds like a fanboy saying that, but to me, totally, totally does. In this movie, though, do you not get the sense that he he felt more? It felt like he was more the leader of the Avengers than Iron Man was, because to me, that it felt than that Captain way. America. I'm sorry, than than Captain America was. Yeah, and I think they even. They kind of draw on that, right, with the dialogue when I don't remember who's it's the doctor or who is it that's talking to Tony and she's like, you know, or someone's like the boss and he's like, I'm not the boss. He's the boss. I just pay for everything. Make everyone look cool, which I think was kind of a nod about how that dynamic worked in this film. Um, Yeah, I I think you're right. I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. was given a bit more of a, a brighter spotlight to kind of showcase his character or maybe that character just had a larger arc within the film to me. But and he, I don't know if it's um, one of the, the reason I'm asking you this is because I obviously see a lot of stuff through, <laughs> through, or I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm, I'm an Iron Man fan. So like, maybe I just, I kind of like, you just want him to be the biggest star. The no, it's not even him. that, but like, I just, uh, you know, I always kind of geek out when Iron Man does stuff. So I, maybe, maybe to me, it seems like he was, given more screen time or, or almost like main made the main protagonist of this movie. Um, I, see, that's kind of what I took out of it, but I don't know from your perspective, seeing as your boy, I'm going to go, okay. go the other way. Okay. I'm going to go the, go for it. I'm going to go the other way on it. I would almost argue that the reason he's given so much time and the reason there's so much, uh, so much dialogue and action devoted to him is that he sort of still serves as a dual purpose character. He's not just a, a protagonist; he's also an antagonist. Right, right. Because and he's the one that creates Ultron, and and it's his sort of narcissism and and unwillingness to to like cooperate with the others that sort of gets them all into these scenarios. And this movie's sort of the culmination of that aspect of his character. And so I think that's why he's given so much because he's actually kind of serving two very prime roles within the film. Um, right, but that kind of, but you're kind of agreeing with me in a way, and that he is, he is yeah, kind of the main, the main character, and and yeah. the, the catalyst for a lot of what happens in this film. That being said, I was really happy with with uh, Steve Rogers' Captain America in this film. He he wasn't like so much a focus or a focal point within the larger scope of the film, but everything he did or said to me was like had value, and was very in the tone and in the voice of that character. Yeah. I feel like Whedon has a really great way of depicting Captain America. I think you're right. Yeah, because I've I've never really been a big Captain America fan in in, in these movies uh, or even in the comics. But I, I I will say that I have enjoyed what they've done with this character in the Avengers movies. Uh, sticking with Iron Man though, he, he you know okay. you you brought up a good point because he's in this movie and I think in all of all of the movies where Robert Downey Jr. has played Iron Man, he's he's kind of this gray area character that's not all good and not all bad. He's, you know, he's, there's some ambiguity to his character, right? He's kind of like a, a Han Solo type. Could be kind of a dick, right. but is also like virtuous and generally trying to do good. Um, in this right. movie, 
he does do a lot of dickish things, maybe more so than in other movies. He's almost kind of hateable in some in some ways. But you also right. see the you know the virtuistic side of him, and he, he's obviously trying to do good. Um, but but he he creates more problems than 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 solutions in this one. Uh, it's not intentional, obviously. But um, I don't know where where, where do you kind of think he stands in his character? Because to me, it seems like he's even more uh, kind of. Uh, Jeez, what's the word I'm saying? Uh, looking for. He's just morally gray, ambiguous. Yeah, yeah I guess. I don't know. Um, and I I, I, I understand the reasoning for it because they're 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 leading up to civil war, and I think that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think if that's what they're doing, then yeah, that's great. And you're right. I don't really know exactly, and I think that's purposeful. I don't think we know exactly which way Tony's going. I think one very important line of dialogue said by Scarlet Witch in the film was after the train scene, AKA the Spider-Man two train scene. <laughs> right. Um, same. Yep. Fucking yep. scene. Right. Um, but, uh, she goes, you know, uh, once they take the, you know, visions body and, you know, they don't know what it is at this point, but they take the cradle back and, and Steve is like, you know, Tony's got it. Don't worry. And she's like, no, that's why I worry. She's like, Ultron doesn't know the difference between saving the world and destroying it. Where do you think he gets that from? Mm, right and i mean it's a little heavy-handed and maybe doesn't fit perfectly but i thought it was a great line of dialogue and and in some ways explains tony's character um and his ambition to want to be the savior and to want to protect everything he takes these risks and he's he gambles in ways that he probably shouldn't you know part of me uh, almost wonders if yeah um because i mean one, one one of the interesting things about the civil war storyline is that at least to me um you have iron man siding with the government's side of wanting to regulate uh superheroes and you have captain america on the other side and to me that always felt like a real kind of change of change of course for both of those characters it seemed like they would right. argue for the opposite um and, right. and i get the sense here too i mean even iron man um, you know tony stark when he decides to um you know, essentially create Ultron, um, you know, in, with, with, with the idea of creating the shield around the universe or the world or whatever uh, to protect humans. Um, you know, he says, like, why, you know, wh- why are we going to wait to, like, talk this out and have, you know, and, and like, delay it and have everyone kind of have their opinion in it? Um, you know, he's kind of like a lone, a lone wolf in a way, and he, you know, he's not the kind of guy that you would immediately think would be for regulation, <laughs> you know, right. like red tape. Right. It's uh, going to be really interesting how they they approach that dynamic for civil war. Because I mean, for all we know, maybe they do switch. Maybe that's what I was wondering. Do you think they would do that? I mean, it, it does change. They can, of course, they can. But I wonder if that would get too much. They'd get too much shit from the fanboys. I feel like they would. I see. I mean, I, I don't know. Fanboys are so hard to to follow because you're still telling the story you know it's still hero versus hero in fact if anything because i remember when civil war came out that was kind of one of the arguments about civil war people were like this isn't like they're reversed like captain america should be on the other side iron man should be on the other side i remember people arguing about that so it's one of those things where i think even if they do switch it back to where now cap is pro registration people are going to say the same thing like well that's not true to the comic and it should be the other one like 
you know, people are just never going to be happy in some sense. Yeah. Um, but I am very curious to see what how they do it because you're right. Based on how they've portrayed the characters so far, it doesn't really seem like Cap would be anti-registration and Iron Man would be pro-registration at this point. But, you know, I guess we'll have to see what the Russos do and, and kind of go from there. Um, so... We spent uh, quite a bit of time on Iron Man, and I wanted to get some of the other characters uh, as well. Uh, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Thor? Um, do you know, like, do, do you like where his character is going? Do you feel he's more featured, less featured going forward? Or yeah, it's hard to say. I feel like Thor of all the characters is the one who just kind of seems the most like he doesn't quite fit, you know? I mean, because his... But you think maybe that's by design because he's not human. He's Asgardian. Yeah, I so... know. But, like, his... When you watch Thor movies, they they obviously take place in a, in a different universe. Not not exactly because part of it is on Earth. But, um, but you know, the, the world where he's from is just so different that it's hard to yeah. kind of thematically make that fit in with the rest of the Avengers, you know? And I think that's mm-hmm. always been a problem even in the comics. Like, it just it's hard. It's hard yeah. to tie him in with everyone else. Um, yeah. having said that, I thought he had some really funny lines. Like I, 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 I like what they did with the character. Um, and I, I mean, I, I love the, the Thor hammer scene, like, you know, just Chris yeah. Helm, Helmsworth's face. Like when, when Captain America, like gets it to budge Nudges a little it bit. A little. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, I also like the, um, the Jane's better line. <laughs> like a lot of people oh, yeah. thought that was cheesy, but I thought it was hilarious. No, I like that. I mean, it's where they were talking Pepper and Jane. Right, right. But you know, they they have to kind of make Thor a little bit more just regular human in these movies for it to not be so <laughs> so, so weird. Uh, An so alien. He, so he really doesn't come across as in this movie, especially if you just watch this movie in a in a vacuum without any knowledge of Thor. I don't know if you know you would really get the fact that he's not from. I mean, you you would because they obviously at one point he like flies off and. When, when he's having those visions, it's obviously a different kind of world. But but when he's just talking and interacting, he just kind of seems like of this world, you know? Right. Do you not, I don't know if you get that either, but... No, I, I agree. Um, but you know what? He's sort of a necessary be, evil. Yeah, he's not going to be in Civil War. Um, to me, he still feels a little detached from what the Avengers are doing because like once, once you go to a, a Thor-only movie, it just is going to be taking place in somewhere else and it's... It's just not gonna really fit in. I I, I think he's probably gonna have a uh, he's probably gonna fit in more with what they're doing in the future with Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity, um, yeah. Because in that kind of world, you know, Thor, I think he just fits in better and like his skill set, I guess, or like you know the way that he fights, um, his power. Uh, can, can and that's the other thing. Role. He's such a powerful character. I think that's part of the reason why they they kind of have him come and go. Um, yeah, because in comparison, Man of the Hulk is a really powerful character too. But let's talk about Hulk. Yeah. I mean, what what did you think about his character? He also kind of ends in a, a, a ambiguous way. You don't really know what happens mm-hmm. to him. But they they build up the storyline, the the love story between him and Black Widow. Um, mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you if you saw that coming, but I think we probably drove that one. Uh, <laughs> is that horse right. dead? I think that one's dead. Uh, um, I thought that was really well done. I mean, I, I like the I fact it. that they're doing something with both of those yeah. characters, especially Black Widow, who I felt like needed some something. Um, you, you get a little backstory with her. Um, and I thought the scene... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. I thought the scene where she's talking to Banner 
And she's explaining kind of what happened to her as an adolescent with the red room. And I guess it's a hysterectomy that they performed on her. Um, and she, you know, she, she says that line, something to the effect of, you know, did you think you were the only monster on the team? Yeah. And I just thought that was really powerful. Like, I think it really gave her character reason to identify with Banner in a way. And, and that she saw herself in him and she felt like he should see some of himself in her. And that was part of their connection. A lot of a lot. One of the chief complaints amongst crit, uh, um, critics of this film is that they felt that the Banner Natasha storyline was was forced. But I'm, I'm on the other side of that. I think they actually with what they had and they didn't have a whole lot of time. You know, they didn't really devote a lot of other time in any other films to this. But for, for just developing it within this film, I thought they did a great job. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. It made sense and it felt natural in a way. And I love, by the way, but I don't want to get too off topic, but the bar scene uh, where Banner's talking to Natasha and she's behind mm-hmm. the bar and it's basically like an homage to like the old school Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Um, right. Like Betty Davis films. Like, that was great. I lo- being a film nerd, like I loved that scene so much. It uh, yeah, and I, I thought great. I thought the way of introducing their relationship with you know Black Widow being the one that kind of calms him down from being the Hulk to to going back to being Banner, like that was great. Yeah, that, that was just a yeah. really smart way to kind of really quickly because this this whole movie you have to be you have to you know you can't spend a whole lot of time telling these stories. You have to find ways to to tell quick little stories. You know, and not and not like kind of linger on anyone for too long, so so it helps when you can have a strong visual to tell that story, and and that right. was such a great way to introduce it as like, oh wow, she really has this ability with him. They have like this this connection, this chemistry, and and to do that so so easily and so quickly, um, I thought that was I thought that was strong. I mean, it was a good way to kind of quickly let you know that these guys are they have they have a connection, right. So, anyway, dude, we've spent so, so much time on Avengers. We did a, you did a whole podcast about it before. I don't know if there's anything else to say. I mean, do you anything else you want to wrap up with? Okay, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on Vision? I loved Vision. I thought that was a great character. Um, it's basically so. It's do they ever? I mean, it's like it's like Jarvis essentially, right? Like, well, he's a little bit of Jarvis, a little bit of Ultron, a little bit of something else, right? It seems uh, I like. thought he looked um, really cool. I loved what they did with with just his look um i like how they introduced the cape on him like he looks at thor and he's like yeah that looks good cape. <laughs> right right <laughs> like it's simple it's simple and it's it's you don't need to devote a lot of time to it it's just like boom it's there whedon seems to be so good at doing those kind of things yeah uh, um i i like that he's almost like a like a data type character mm-hmm. um something that uh, joe brought up on the on the podcast last week was that you know where he didn't you know joe didn't really uh wasn't a huge fan of ultron being so emotional and and animated right uh but in contrast vision is very stoic and subtle and 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 you know and i really like that contrast between the two and i don't know there's something about the calmness of vision that i really really liked um as a character um you know i i don't know and it like he plays the hero but i like that he kind of even says that he himself doesn't know what he is or what his purpose is like he 
you know, he he's he's good in the sense that he's going to help them, but you know, is he actually a good thing? And <laughs> you know, he basically says, "I don't know." Yeah, and that and that's Which great, kind of going forward because you you can just do yeah. so much with that character, so much with it, right, yeah. right. Uh, uh, let's see. Are we missing anyway? Hawkeye, we kind of already talked about it greatly. Captain America, you covered, uh, and I, I agree with you. I think you know, I thought he's his role was perfect for the movie, and I think they've done a really good job of setting up Civil War now, which has a, a crazy cast and is probably going to just be another Avengers movie. It sounds like. Um, what about uh, we, we? One last character that we I think we do need to touch on is Scarlet Witch, though we haven't really discussed that's true. much about her. That's true. Uh, and so first of all, and I didn't talk about this before so i'm trying to bring new takes um so you had another female character prominent female character which you know whedon's always been a big proponent of having strong uh female characters in his films and tv shows so that made sense to have scarlet witch here i i liked her character i thought that that was a difficult character to pull off in a movie yep and i thought they did a really good job um uh, she does the accent okay. It's not distracting. Uh, her <laughs> powers are sort of... I, I, they're cool, and I feel like they're slightly not well-defined or as well-defined as they need yeah, to be. Yeah, right. They'll they're get just more like, into that later. Yeah, no, you're right. It's like she could just do anything almost. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. But I like her backstory. Um, the fact that her... You could obviously tell... You know, here's the other weird thing. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, so that's what Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah. I think is his name, and then Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen. They played husband and wife in Godzilla. Oh, I didn't know that. And now they play brother and sister here, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I think the chemistry that they developed in Godzilla definitely has moved over to Avengers Age of Ultron. And you, it really felt like they had a love for one another, like when Quicksilver died and she got super upset about it, it was pr- it was really believable to me in terms of their character and, and, and their chemistry. And not only that, you've got moving forward, like how she deals with that loss is going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that's that's another, I, don't, I hate to say good thing about Quicksilver dying, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> from a storyline perspective... Um, I'm glad that asshole's dead. Yeah, from a storyline perspective, it's it's definitely going to make Scarlet Witch's character a lot more interesting going forward. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I also liked it. I mean, I thought I thought it was good. I in her accent did come in and out. At least to me, it seemed like it did. I kind of wish she didn't have an accent. <laughs> I don't know why they had to do that. Um, it was kind of cool seeing the Avengers saving like foreigners, though. Like that was like an interesting yeah. twist. You know, it wasn't just about America Americans. Yeah, you know, it was Captain America saving. Africans and Eastern Europeans, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah uh, that was cool. I was kind of disappointed to not have a Black Panther, um, you know, showing Parents. once they were in Wakanda. Like, come on, give me, give me a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought she was good. Um, I liked the fact that they have like four new Avengers now. I think that's great that they're like adding characters. I've, I'm a big Falcon fan. You know this. Uh, I, I would watch a yeah, Falcon Mackie, movie. Anthony Mackey. I would watch a Falcon movie. I would totally watch Cut it. Cut the check. <laughs> uh, and I thought Don Cheadle was really funny. They gave War Machine some funny stories. Funny uh, yeah. Funny jokes. Oh, like, his, the one his, about the his, War Machine. His, they're like, yeah, oh, that story wasn't that great. Story? And he's just like, well, it's a War Machine story. <laughs> and then and then he tells it again in, in the other the other 
group of people are like celeb like celebrating his story. And he's like, yeah, like he feels redeemed or whatever. I thought that was great. Like his like little superhero jealousy scene. It was it was good stuff. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the new Avengers. Um, kind of lineup, right? Vision, uh, uh, Captain Witch. America, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, War Machine, yeah, and Falcon. Cool, great. Like now we can have them do their own thing. Last thing I want to say about the film, uh, Joss Whedon totally teasing us at the end. Oh, yeah. What a great way to end the film. Captain America, Avengers, and then end credits. Like, he was going to say assemble. And, yeah. Which is like the super famous line. Uh, and they just... I, What's I, the story uh, behind that? Like, why, why didn't he... I think he just did it just to... To tease people. Because they've never said it at any point? No. Not in the movies. In the (laughs) comics, they say it. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's it's like, you know, the first time I saw it, which was the the midnight premiere or whatever, the entire crowd, when he said Avengers, they go, and then it goes to Chris. They're like, like (laughs) oh! And everyone starts clapping and laughing and stuff. But it was was really great. So when Thanos Um, comes out and and does his... uh fuck it, I'll do it by myself line. What was the audience reaction like? <laughs> oh, they were excited. Yeah. They were they were basically doing the Arsenio Hall. Like the, woo, 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 oh, my woo. God. How was the guy yeah, in the dude. sandals next to you reacting? Oh, that, luckily that wasn't one of those times. Oh, good, good. spent a lot of time on avengers let's let's switch it up a little um i'm a little worried man hmm about what i i I am getting cautiously concerned about the joker (laughs) i'm i'm starting to feel like we're not in on the joke anymore and that's a good yeah and i am i i feel like maybe a more appropriate name is like the sadster because <laughs> that's how he's making me feel right now i'm, I'm kind of hoping that by the end of suicide squad it's revealed that jared leto is just like some random guy who's like trying to be the, not joker, the joker but it's not the oh joker. my god that would be amazing like that's kind of what i hope happens because from everything i've seen i'm just like no please stop but so, having said that this is just two opinions from two random guys we both are yeah. not too thrilled with what we've seen with the Joker, but there are some people out there who actually really like what's going on, or at least are. are cautiously optimistic about it. And one of them happens to Which be is... one of our loyal listeners. Um, Brandon uh, S. Brandon S. And uh, he actually sent us an email this week. Um, yeah. You got that queued up? Do you yeah, wanna... I've got it right here in front of me. I'm not going to read the whole thing because uh, it's, it's just there's a lot that Brandon covers. But one thing that Brandon does bring up is... You know, he says that a he he grew up in what is called the fashion freak or freak fashion era of kind of music and whatnot. So kind of along the lines of Marilyn Manson and the yeah. Prodigy, you know that kind of stuff. And he was a big fan of that type of music, kind of that new metal mm-hmm. sort of influence stuff, and like the Crow and the Matrix and Blade and so on, and and. 
for him, you know, because he was part of that counterculture, that subculture, he feels like maybe in a nostalgic way that this Joker kind of kind of pays tribute to that. And in that sense, he's very excited, uh, which you and I, you know, we uh, you know, we've known each other for over a decade. And I can safely say that you were not part of that subculture, nor uh, was I. So we, we definitely have a different perspective. But there are a lot of people out there like Brandon. Um, and the other really interesting thing that I thought that Brandon brought up in his email was that, you know, he basically says that um, that maybe DC, he kind of brings up a point that I thought was really interesting. He basically says, you know, what if DC is trying to do things to distance themselves from the comics in the sense that they want to do sort of reinterpretations of these characters in, in a cinematic in the cinematic medium because they they want it to be very different from the comics they don't want people getting the two confused uh, which is, would be an interesting strategy but if you if you extrapolate that to man of steel and how superman is portrayed which is very different from his comic iteration uh it kind of seems like maybe that is what they're doing and you know and brandon basically says you know, if that's the case, then I'm kind of excited because all of these characters are going to be in some way different than what we've always known them as. And that's that's at least allows itself to have like a wealth of story because you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, but they're, you're not they're not you're not going to make them dramatically different, though. Right. I mean, in the end. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, different in the sense like I don't know if you've ever read the Marvel comic series. What if? But oh, yeah. They have these these self-contained stories where, like, basically, like, what if, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, what if, yeah, you know, what if Wolverine, uh, uh, or what if Logan uh, got blown up by the Gamma Bomb instead of Bruce Banner? You I know, think there was one that was like, what if Iron Man fought Magneto, and it would just be like Magneto crushing Iron Man, like really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that that story exists. What oh. if Thanos had a helicopter for <laughs> right, a Thanos copter. That couldn't have possibly been in a comic. Never. No. Never. Um, But, you know, so I think Brandon brings up some interesting points. Um, I will say, the thing that concerns me is, like, I saw the the screen footage that was released this week where he's, I think it's like a hot pink Lamborghini that he comes out of or something. Yeah. Um, It looks like he still has the tattoos. I couldn't actually see the tattoos. You, You did spot them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there at one point his shirt is open. You can kind of see towards the bottom. Does he have the damage tattoo? Ah, that one I couldn't tell. I was mm. looking for it, but I really couldn't tell. Um, I like I said, it. I I I learned my lesson with Dark Knight. Heath Ledger killed it as the Joker, and I thought that was going to be a train wreck. So, yeah, we're really willing can't to give it a chance. It comes out. Yeah, it's true. But it's just like we said before. To me, it feels like it's trending in the wrong in the wrong direction. But I'm just one person talking on a mic in a microphone. You know, you're just one person. There's infinite amount of people out there with an infinite amount of uh, of takes and opinions on on how this movie is going. So, well, I want to thank our loyal listener there for uh, sending an email in. Uh, no, it's great. And- I love the the fan feedback. Um, if anyone else wants to reach out to us, we are totally available at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Totally available. It sounds like we just have like nothing else to do. We're, we're, we're moderately available. 
We are mildly available. Though our but email address will accept emails from you at all hours of that's, the day. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, um, while we're giving shout outs to our <laughs> listeners, I did want to give some credit to uh, one of our listeners, Tommy D. I don't know if yeah. we can start saying last names. I guess we won't, but uh, we'll have to get permission. But uh, he, he pointed oh, out uh, on our Facebook page in a previous podcast yeah. where we were talking about, I don't even know how this came up, but you mentioned. <laughs> That the guy who plays Magneto, I Ian, uh, Mc- Ian McKellen, uh, McKellen, yeah. uh, and Professor X, Patrick Stewart. You said yeah. we're both gay. This happens. I did say that to not be true. Uh, that is not true. Ian McKellen is gay. That is, is gay. that is true. That's well, well known. Patrick Stewart, while he is a friend to the gays, not a gay himself. So uh, want to retract that. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, Yeah. please uh, keep us on our toes. You know, uh, we say things with a good intention here in CBC, uh, but we are wrong from time to time, or at least I have been. So, yeah, thank you, Tommy, for that. Uh, Patrick Stewart is not gay. He does like Earl Grey tea, though. (laughs) Yes, he does. Almost a little too much. Maybe bye. No, okay. okay. No, he's just not gay, and that much we know. We'll leave it at that. You're just Um, not going to drop this, are you? So someone who I think is not worried about how Suicide Squad is turning out, though, yeah, is is Mr. Jaden Smith, son <laughs> of Deadshot in Suicide Squad. Will Smith. Will Smith's son. Big Willie um, style. Is that what it is? No. Is that what it is? Uh, I can't even remember. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long. Like 15 years ago. Yeah, all right. So you're dating yourself a little bit. Um, so Jaden... Uh, there was a peak, a peak, a peak. Well, there was a peak, a peak at a peak, <laughs> a peak of Jaden Smith released earlier this week from a prom photo um, of him dressed in an all-white Batman suit, and that's how he went to prom. Not just so, an all-white Batman suit, an all-white cape. All-white cape, no cowl. The cowl, the slash mask was missing. Although I think he addressed that, like somebody asked him, and he goes, "Oh my 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 pal." you know albino or whatever some other person's name took it (laughs) so he had one at one point i thought he was moon knight and i got really excited i'm like jade smith's gonna be moon knight what an interesting casting choice (laughs) like uh but apparently it's just a white batman suit i don't know the story behind why jaden smith is wearing a batman suit to prom other than he's jaden smith and he can do whatever the fuck he wants i guess i'm Um, i'm thinking of like reaching out to him and being like Dude, what what do you want? Like, I I mean, I'm like, I I can't pay you enough, but like, is there something I can do so that you could just wear a Darkhawk suit? Just get it out there. Oh man, just get the name out there. You know what I mean? Would you? Okay, so right now, yeah. If I could guarantee you, Phase Three, Marvel Phase Three, yeah. Darkhawk appearance in, you know, whatever movie, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. Doesn't matter. Pick one cameo Darkhawk, but it's played by jaden smith okay you win yeah. you win uh how old is jaden smith at this point he's kind of a I kid mean, it's dude. probably it's probably three or four years down the line i mean he's not my first choice that would be james vanderbeek but um <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see that coming yeah no just kidding i did not want uh, dawson playing uh dark Hawk. i uh no i'm not gonna sign up on i mean Oh, so okay. No, wow. Yeah, I I do want Darkhawk in a movie. I want it done right. I want him. 
I want it to be revealed that he's been like moonlighting as the Atlanta Hawks mascot for years. <laughs> because like I want it to be take place in a world where there's so many superheroes that like there's just no crime. So like a bunch of superheroes are just like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta gotta find something else gotta to do. I job. guess. But like he would be Their the best group. halftime entertainment. He'd be so good. Hawk dance. Hawk dance. He'd use his little like you know shoot shit out of his hands. Be great. Uh, shoot basketballs from all over the arena. <laughs> help uh, help the Atlanta Hawks defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, hey, the Atlanta Hawks could be could be NBA champions this year. You don't know. Uh, probably not though. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I I hope he keeps wearing superhero stuff because it's great. If, That's if cool. If you had I mean, access I'm... to a superhero costume that looked that cool for prom, would you have would you have done that? Would you have worn that to prom? Yeah, I think so. You haven't seen my prom photo. Maybe, maybe if I feel like I'm going to be in a charitable mood later, I'll throw it up on the CBC thread somewhere. Is it the one where you look like I, Bruce Wayne? I uh, I do look a little bit like Bruce Wayne, but I'm wearing an Asian style tuxedo jacket. It's collarless and it's buttoned down, kind of like Bruce Lee. Nice. So, so I'm basically, and this is, this is already to sound ridiculous because I don't think that I'm Bruce Lee or was Bruce okay. Lee, nor do I think I was Bruce Wayne, but it's kind of a combination between maybe Bruce, Bruce Wayne Jenner. And Bruce Lee. Uh, wow. Well, so anyway, <laughs> Bruce Bruce Lee Wayne is kind of what I was going for, I guess. Okay. Um. So yeah, though I think I would, I think I would have done it. You're Jaden Smith. You can do whatever you want. He's kind of a superhero um, anyway, like, honestly, a bit. in real life. I mean, he might be annoying as fuck, but, like, the kid is already, like, a, you know, he's been in movies. He'd probably, like, has he, has he, well, he, he, does he have songs, too? Does he have a recording artist? Does he have, does he have a recording? I, I don't know. Maybe? Uh, that probably? Kid, the kid just probably feels like he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And probably because he, he can. he can. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. And, and this is one thing about comic book culture that I think is really important. And it's not to get too serious, but I think a lot of what comic book culture allows for is for people to really embrace whoever, whatever they are or whatever they identify with. And we've luckily gotten to a point in at least American society where it's become more of a mainstream thing. People aren't ridiculed as much. Comic book fandoms aren't kept in the closet or in the, you know, in the attic or the basement like they once were. And um, so if this is what Jaden Smith wants to do to make himself feel good, it's not hurting anyone. And cool. Like if he wants to be white Batman, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like I the idea of a white of a black guy playing a white Batman. A black, white Batman. Black and white Batman. It's kind of brilliant. It is kind of brilliant. Oh, man. Your move, Warner Brothers. <laughs> We keep giving out all these great ideas. Marvel and Kevin Feige clearly listen to us. Clearly. So, uh, Warner Brothers, it's about time you guys jumped on the train, the old CBC train, <laughs> to Money Town. <laughs> I'm not touching any more of your train analogies, because last time I did, it was a disaster. <laughs> you wrecked it. Totally wrecked it. Was it. Li- it was literally a train wreck. Um, all right, so last thing I, uh, I want to cover this week... Um, so great to have you back, by the way. Oh, thank you. You act like I've been gone for like a year or something. I, I mean, yeah, thank you. It's nice to be back. I feel like they should. we should maybe underlay that. I think it's Skylar Gray, that song like, I'm coming home, I'm coming home. <laughs> Why would you know 
the name of the singer. Because uh, when LeBron James came back to Cleveland, they oh. kept playing the song and they did an article about it. I don't know. Anyway. Interesting. Um, so they released, uh, I think it was last week, the Civil War cast list. I thought that came out a while ago, did it not? Oh, it's about a week ago. Okay. Like they officially released it because they released it right before they started sh- uh, oh, shooting okay. right, right. Uh, primary or principal photography, which was about a week ago. Um, and holy crap, dude. I mean, is this Captain America Civil War or is it Avengers 3? It's, it's crazy, yeah. It's it's the list is insane. Uh, do you have the list in front of you? By yeah. Any so let's okay. So basically, just picture Avengers: Age of Ultron and just subtract Hulk and Thor, and that's pretty much it. And add, but add Ant yeah. Man, add Ant Man, and add Ant Man, add uh, Agent Thirteen, and Agent Thirteen, right? and Crossbones, and Winter and Soldier, uh, and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So we got Chris Evans. It's Captain America. We got. Wait, 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 hold on, time out, time, time out. Yeah. Before we get more into this, and I guess in case people, if they don't want spoilers on who's going to be in Captain America Winter or uh, Captain uh, America Civil yeah, War, I guess. yeah, screw those but people. We're we're about to go over the cast list, so. Uh, so we got Chris Evans, Captain America, obviously. We got uh, right. Iron Man. We got Black Widow, Falcon, which I'm happy to see. Love me yep. some Falcon. Uh, kind yeah, of, I might be the one. biggest Falcon fan out there. You know, Falcon to me seems like an obvious choice for a Falcon Darkhawk team up. Oh my God! Yes, please do that. I I, I really just love Anthony Mackie's take on it. Um, anyway, uh, we got the Vision, so we got more Vision coming your way. Yes. War Machine, Scarlet Witch, right? We got uh, yeah. Jeremy Renner coming back as Hawkeye, possibly dying. I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe. And we got, I believe, Nick Fury. No. No, Nick Fury's not in this. Neither is Maria Hill. Uh, but then we still got Winter Soldier, Crossbones, Agent 13. And... Agent 13, which was, if you remember from Captain America, Winter Soldier, she was the neighbor to Steve Rogers. That's right. And not just introducing Ant-Man, but also introducing Black Panther. Oh, there you go. And, because and, yeah. I can't let this go, possibly the first appearance of Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's a great point. I totally forgot about that. Uh, we also... So there's other... There's still more characters, though. We have uh, Baron Helmet Zemo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Baron Zemo. Okay. Uh, and possibly Red Skull, but that's just a theory. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is Claw in this? Do they? Does it say they're... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would think so. Uh, he was in the Serpius, Avengers. I think is his name. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, he's going to come back with a bionic arm at some point. I just don't know which movie that'll be. But yeah, dude, that, I, this sounds... That is crazy. This is a bigger cast than Avengers, I believe, isn't it? It certainly sounds like it. Um, you know, and you know what? In a way, I think this is good because it's the Russo brothers uh, that are going to be directing this film. It's going to be a good um, sort of, uh, like a good test for how they're going to do with the Avengers 3 and 4 films. Um, you know, they can kind of get their feet wet into how to do a film with this many characters. Right. And I think it's, I think it's good. It's good practice for them. I think, I imagine they're going to do a great film. They already did Winter Soldier, which I really liked. Had a very adult feel to it. Uh, also another uh, thing to mention, Martin Freeman, who plays, uh, who's the, the lead in the, uh, Lord of the Rings, whatever the new Lord of the Rings movies are. Hobbit. Hobbit. And, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. Uh, I first 
knew about him from the office, the original English office. As uh, Tim. As Tim. Uh, Tim. Uh, and and uh, I've always liked him since. He's in this movie, but we don't know what he's. We don't know his character yet. So right. Martin Maybe Freeman. Darkhawk. Oh my! Don't even stop teasing me with that. <laughs> Maybe he's Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, anyway, dude. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to. We were gonna talk about Daredevil this week, but there's so much. Um, we've already talked so much about Avengers and. You haven't even finished Daredevil yet, so why don't we wait till next week to talk about that? Uh, I've finished the series; I got plenty to say about it. And next week we'll uh, we'll delve into that. Yeah, should have it finished up by next week, so we can definitely touch on Daredevil as a complete series on Netflix uh, for the next pod. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you guys next week. Later. Till next time, everyone. Stay super. Thanks for listening. It was like, <gasps> it was like, <gasps> it was like, <gasps> it was like, It was like...